Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Building Confidence in Sales, informative. If you're unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. If you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Benjamin is a speaker and author of multiple books with the latest titled People Ignorant, Unlocking Success, Confidence, and Influence. Ben has a law and criminology degree from Australia and spent 10 years helping Fortune 1000 companies apply gamification principles to their sales and communication process. He now spends his time helping people improve their sales conversations, specifically helping people to close deals faster and discover the hidden opportunities in our daily communication. If you've ever wanted to connect with people more authentically or understand the real meaning of what someone is saying, be sure to listen to today's discussion. Benjamin cycles on average 150 miles per week when he's not designing algorithms for persuasion. So Benjamin, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. I'm excited to have you, and this is going to be another interesting topic. Um, but before we get into questions I have prepped, I would love for you to tell me just a little bit more about yourself and how did you even get into this field? Uh, well, this field was completely in evolution because uh, I'd always been in sales, always been in business. And I started this journey and I sucked at communications with others. <laughs> like I really sucked. I was a shy introvert. So mm -hmm. obviously that created its own challenges because uh, I started in the world of having a coffee shop, um, a cafe. Um, and literally I'd have people walk into the coffee shop. And it was very simple. They had a limited choice. They could choose a pool table, they could choose internet, or they could choose a small selection of espresso style coffees. And I would literally ask them, uh, can I help you? 
And everybody's default response to can I help you is um, just looking. I'm like, well, you're not really looking at much, right? Because there's a very limited option. You walked in for like one of three things. Mm -hmm. And then I would literally put my head down and wait for them to 80% of the time turn around and walk back out the door. Um, and when you're in the business, you, at some point you kind of realize, well, that's not going to help me pay the rent at the end of the month. Right. So literally I'd spent a quest uh, and I'm still on this quest every single day to improve my communication, to improve my understanding of how we communicate, what motivates, inspires us. And how do we have effective conversations as it relates to sales, uh, internal company culture. And uh, it's just been that continued evolution of how do I get better? And once you learn a few things, people are like, what are you doing? What, how are you getting these results? So you just start sharing and, helping others. So that's really where it all started. Mm, nice. I mean, it's always interesting to hear the stories and how like we've been learned what we've learned and then it turns into helping others. So it's always interesting to have that discussion. But I wanted to start with a question. What are three body language signs that people should watch for when they're talking to anyone? Yeah. So uh, that's a, a common question I get because uh, most people like they'll do a body language course and they'll learn like 120 different body languages. So like, well, that's great. But it takes you months to master that. I'm like, mm -hmm. there's three core things you can look at. Any communication, any conversation you're having with absolutely anybody, if it's in the Starbucks or a coffee shop or if it's even on Zoom. And in today's world, that's very, very important for us, right? Because a mm -hmm. lot more video communication is happening. So uh, the three body languages we tell people to focus on is very simple. It's the lip compression, which is kind of how you say no. Um, and a lot of people might, uh, you might ask them a question. And they'll actually do this lip compression, like um, like a baby saying no to its mother when uh, when you're feeding it a bottle or what have you. Um, that's where that expression actually starts from. And it's actually what they call the withheld objection, or you're literally fighting back from saying no. And um, if you look for that, you can learn a lot more about what's going on with the body, because we have to remember that the body is always communicating. Like we, and that's why the, we call the book People Ignorant, because we've become ignorant to this, like the subtleties in communications, the subtleties in tonality, uh, which is quite fascinating. Um, so that's number one. Uh, number three would be what I call the single shoulder pop. Uh, so that means literally you'll be talking, you'll be asking somebody a question, and their shoulder will literally pop. It'll be one of the shoulders, it won't be both. And what that means is doubt. They're doubting either what they're hearing or they're doubting what they're saying. And that's very powerful when you're on Zoom because you might be asking them what their real problem is, for example, or what do they think about that price? And their shoulder will pop. Or it could be as simple as you ask somebody, like, how was your day at work? Oh, like, you kind of like, oh, it was okay. Like, so you know that, hold on, the body is trying to tell you that it wasn't. There's something a little bit there. So how do you come back around to that in that conversation? So that was number two. And number three is really simple. It's what we call object insertion. So it's when the something crosses the, the, the lips and touches the teeth. So think of chewing a pen um, or ladies will play with it, chew on their hair or some might, might chew their fingernails or anything along those lines. Uh, people will even chew on the edge of a cup or a straw. So if you've got a drink, they'll actually like start chewing, nibbling on the straw. That's object insertion. So and what that means is in that moment, I need reassurance. So if you're presenting to somebody, if you're talking to somebody and they're starting to indicate that, you need to be thinking about, well, what's going on right now and how do I reassure them? Because if I don't, whatever I'm going to ask them to do in a little bit 
is going to be sabotaged by that uh, that internal grief that's going on for them at that point in time. Does that make sense? Right. And I think too, like you're saying, you're picking up on these as someone perceiving it from the other person, but the other person probably doesn't even realize they're making those you know, consciously, right? It just happens, correct? Oh, 100%. This is all subconscious. So most people have got absolutely no clue that they're even doing it. And you can't control it because it's actually primitive. It's actually from our native mm-hmm. internal programming or our internal uh, subconscious scripts. So you've really got to do a lot of work to even become aware. And mm-hmm. this is one of the things we do with uh, sales training is we video people, we video their presentations. And they don't even realize that at a point in time when they're like pitching, uh, that uh, they're actually projecting doubt or they're not believing Mm -hmm. it or they're talking about a feature. And because they've heard a customer having an issue or they have a a disbelief of something or they heard production has got this bug right now or whatever it is, right? Or there's a back order on supply. It could be a myriad of things. Um, It could be just that somebody was complaining about it. They're literally subconsciously sabotaging what they're saying. And that's what's fascinating about this. Most people, I talk to a lot of sales people every single day, and most salespeople, they spend less than $100 on their education to become a better sales professional each year, which is I find fascinating. Um, and then the other part of that is um, they literally don't record their calls. They don't record um their zoom calls or, or they don't even go on video when they're video conferencing oh. hmm. and like they, their clients come on video and they don't hop on video i'm like are you not wanting to build trust rapport relationship are you not wanting to show you're human there's these these interesting dynamics it's like yeah but you'll ask them did you video the the football game or the sports game on the weekend or did you video sex in the city or whatever it was and oh yeah it was fantastic i'm like so you'll video that stuff and you'll watch it ad, ad infinitum, but yet like right. your own performance on how to get better. Oh, I didn't even think about it. Hmm. <laughs> Have you ever experienced right. that? Well, for sure. I mean, even while you were talking about that, where people aren't even, you know, videoing their own things to kind of go back and review, I was thinking, but coaches do that all the time with their players to show them where they need to improve and, you know, where, you know, maybe they're throwing things incorrectly and how to fix the elbow or whatever that might be, you know? So it does make sense for business, especially salespeople that, you know, that's their whole thing. I mean, any of us really are salespeople in the long run, right? If we're entrepreneurs, we have to be salespeople too, right? Because we have to be able to market our products as well as run the company. So it's really Mm -hmm. interesting to, to think about going back and reviewing what you've done. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of sales managers, sales operations managers that are meant to do it. But when you talk to them about listening to their call recordings of their employees, they, it's the last thing they want to do. They'd rather go to the dentist and get a root canal than listen to these calls. Um, and that's one of the the areas where we saw where there was a huge opportunity. Is like, how do we get smart and provide this feedback loop for people who want to improve their communication? It could be just your emails going back and forth. Um, and that's like an example is that we can literally tell you from an email that you send uh, or have received uh, what somebody's personality type is. So mm. therefore, you can understand how do I need to adapt to most effectively communicate? Like in the world of bookkeeping and payroll, uh, you might love the numbers and the details and like <laughs> the, the formulas and the exclusions, but the person you're talking to Maybe a big picture strategy person, and they just want to know the ROI. 
-hmm. And they're like, if I've got to read 20 pages of stuff, I'm just, what is this one number? So it's like, well, hold on. Right. If I know that about that person, how do I make that more effective? Um, mm -hmm. Does that type of stuff make sense? Right. So I would love for you then to touch on maybe a little bit more how even reading an email, you can determine their personality, uh, because we all know, too, sometimes tone comes across a little bit different in email than if we're just talking like we are right now. Right. And so we have to be careful of that, too. But how is it that the words really show what your personality is? Yeah, so it's uh, there's a whole lot of research, and this is uh, not new research. It's been around for about 30-odd years now. Um, and uh, one of the things we do is we actually analyze over 100 different linguistic patterns. That's like mm. the way the words are used, how the words are used, um, and the, the structure of the sentence, the number of adjectives. And if you aren't aware, adjectives in themselves, if you listen for adjectives, they're the trigger phrases, the hot buttons you want to listen for. And most people aren't even aware of that. Hmm. So, and they're the, they're the phrases you actually want to repeat back to people because that'll instantly show them you're hearing them. You, they'll hmm. feel heard, if that makes sense. So right. just these little things, there's a lot of power in language and a lot of people have dismissed that uh, or aren't paying attention to it because they're looking for the latest sales script. Uh, but they're not aware that the sales script they're using is literally creating resistance hmm. in the person they're speaking with because of the words, because hmm. of the language. Um, and as a result, people are putting their guard up. And then uh, I'm sure you've had a conversation with somebody and you thought it went great, but then you got ghosted. You literally <laughs> got ghosted because you failed to connect with them. You failed to identify the problem with them. You failed to ask the right questions. Uh, of them. And um, so one of the biggest things we found is that identifying personality or the personality types is a big problem for people. Like most people have done a personality assessment of some type and they forget what they are. They forget what it means. or they leave that and go, that's awesome. But how on earth do I use it? Like, ha Candy, have you ever done a personality assessment? A few. <laughs> you, I'm sure you've done a few. You've probably issued a few, what have you it is. But the question, like, do you know how to actually use it in conversation? I don't know if I've necessarily like looked at it that way. I mean, I do know the different personalities and what they say, like the pros and cons are how to sometimes like talk to people, like some things, the relationship is more important. Some people, the facts are more important. Some people want to just get to the point. Some people want a little socialization, you know, and those are all different, but sometimes it's even hard to know that, especially if it's a prospect, right. And you haven't even had the yeah. chance to really develop a relationship. So like, how would you figure out the best way to communicate with somebody if you haven't had much interaction or know their personality. And, and that's a huge problem for a sales rep, right? Uh, like, mm -hmm. so here's a challenge for you. So uh, the people who are listening or even Candy, what's my personality type? You know, I don't know enough about you to know your personality type, you know? Really? I mean, you, you, you can't determine that yet? I think, well, to me, you come across as friendly and wanting to share facts and information. You know, it's like, you're not, from what we've had so far in this conversation, you're not one that is just like briefly describe the point and that's it, right? You know, I've had some that literally give you like a three word sentence and that's it and move on, right? So to me, you are, it seems like, again, I'm not a pro in this area either, but <laughs> you are building like a bit of relationship by sharing information rather than just the facts maybe yeah so well don't worry for everyone who's listening we'll explain what it is and what it all means very soon but it's a good challenge because it makes us actually 
think do i actually know like we we all believe we're aware of it but are we really and can we use it so you did very well to define what you did so i'll i'll explain the four personality types in a minute but through that one of the questions i wanted to touch is that you well you're like how do you if you don't know somebody how do you work that out? So how do I prepare for a meeting? How do I prepare for a outreach message that I'm about to send somebody to connect with that person? Um, and that's why we literally created our software that converts an email address or a LinkedIn URL. So off your LinkedIn profile, off your Twitter profile, we can analyze the text you've put on your profile page or the messages you've sent, right? Mm. And actually turn that into a predictive personality score. And some of them are mm. extremely accurate. It's never going to be what we call the, the assessment where you're assessing yourself because what you're doing on social media is your external mask. You're like, oh, right. you're wanting to portray how you want the world to see you. Mm -hmm. That gives you a starting point to engage because you know from what they're saying or how they're saying things mm -hmm. um, that they may be, um, they're all about achievement. They're all about recognition. Or they may be on the opposite where they're all about the people and the caring and they, they don't want to take any risks. So it's good to know because if you're about to present some data to them, if you're about to have a conversation with them, or if you're about to link, uh, reach out to them on LinkedIn, it's like, okay, great, great. There's one in four types of people. So how do I have to alter my message? Because I have to change my message hmm. and prepare it to the way that you want to hear it. Right. And that's the biggest mistake that most people in communication ever make they're like hey this is my style you're going to follow me uh, they might have been taught to be a high pressure sales closer or they've been to one of those glengarry ross schools of thought right or the wolf of wall street style like i'm going to just bulldoze you but that instantly now creates resistance and pressure for people as well right so right. you need to be aware of that and um that's uh that what you're projecting is not necessarily what people want to listen to. Um, right. So yeah, did that answer that question? Sure. And I was wondering then too, what if you're meeting with, let's say it's a husband and wife or partners of a business and generally speaking, they are not similar personalities. Often they're quite opposite. So then how do you present the information that you need to present to them if they're like totally different personalities? Well, you, you actually need to be really aware of that because as you as you said, most partners, most business partners aren't the same personality because mm -hmm. uh, they're trying to find that balance. So um, I'll give you a simple example. Some people you may be presenting to uh, under in numbers, results driven, and they like a talk. You need to talk to them um, towards their pleasure, towards the goal they're achieving. But yet the other partner, the other, the other side of that person may actually be uh, pain driven. So you actually need to talk to the pain and what like the frustration that if they don't do this, they're going to be in more pain, more turmoil, they're going to have a big tax bill or a big liability or whatever it is, right? Because then that's what motivating, but it's the flip of the coin, which means like, as you're talking to one, you're losing the other. So here's the little secret you want to be aware of. Somebody's blink rate, that's how rapidly their eyes are opening and closing, indicates uh, how much focus or attention you have on them. If the blink rate is slow, you have their attention. As the blink rate starts to speed up, you're losing their focus. Hmm. So you always need to be thinking about how am I captivating focus and leading focus. Um, and you see it in a room, a room all the time if you're talking to more than one person uh, that you need to be aware of uh, with that. Does, does that help? Hmm. Oh, that's very interesting, you know, to see. 
So if somebody is, you know, creating their presentation, what are things that they should really stay away from in terms of making sure that they're not causing people to be like, oh, I'm not interested? So uh, we get told all the time um, th that we need to have certain stories or what have you in your presentation. You really need to be aware of who you're communicating to. Mm -hmm. um, and stories are how we best communicate, but the stories have to be relevant and important to me. So a lot of the times people will go and tell a story, not factoring in personality type. And without factoring in personality type, you might be creating a story that's great for you. And it's just like your recognition and achievement, right? But it's got no connection, no relevance to the problem that person is looking to solve or the problem they're not even aware they have that they need to solve. Does that make sense? So mm -hmm. you really want to be aware of that. And that's why one of the first things we always teach people is like, be aware of the personality styles, be aware of what your personality style is and know how to identify what, who you're talking to. Cause you could be pitching for capital. You could be going into a bank. Uh, you could be doing various things in business, right? You could be sitting in front of a lead that you're trying to close a deal. So how do you be aware of that? Who is the personality that they have to go on share to like people mm -hmm. forget that they're like, hold on. I gave you a brochure. Um, and they expect that you're going to take that brochure and use that brochure to sell management, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a huge problem um, that we see a lot of the time. And I find that most people, when they're doing presentations, haven't really identified the real, um, the real questions that they should be asking their audience or who they're speaking to and probing for the problems that they need to solve. They're always talking features and benefits. Right. And as a result, it just doesn't connect. It's not how you persuade people. Uh, mm -hmm. It's an evolution of how we think we should be selling. But the data now shows that it's not actually how you effectively persuade people. Right. Does that make sense? So I know you've talked a couple of times about like the different personality types and know them. And in case anyone's listening and is like, well, I really want to know, but I'm not sure like which you're talking about. Can you actually talk about the personality types and how they identify which one is which? Yeah, it's very, very easy. So um, we use multiple personality assessment, uh, assessments and methodologies in everything we do just for reassurance. But we've also simplified it into its simplest possible system. So I can teach anyone personality in less than five minutes. So mm. that's what we're going to do right now. Um, okay. And you'll actually understand and know more about personality using this uh, method right now than most people who I've done a lot of assessments, so it's quite interesting. Um, so it's four birds. There's four different birds. And as we go through this little exercise, I'm going to ask you to visualize this. So the first one is what we call the peacock. And I actually call peacock uh, Vegas because just like Vegas, they're glitzer, glitzy, glamoury. Everything's about I want to be famous, right? This is where all the TikTok, TikTok stars or influencers go and everyone's showing their, um, their drinks beside the pool, right? Because everyone wants to be famous. That person is looking for achievement, recognition, praise. They want to be noticed. That person hates not being noticed. They hate being bored. They're always the person that says, I'm bored. What can we do? Let's go do something. Like, I'm sure you know this type of person. Yes? Hmm. Yes. Can you picture a few peacocks? All right. Yes. All right. So it, just by doing that, you're going to remember this. And it's very important because then there's a whole lot of things you can do to communicate with these people. So the next one on the other side of that, what we have is the pigeon. And I call the pigeon tank. Because just like a, um, a big tanker that's full of oil or whatever in the water, right, it's a slow-moving 
steady moving vessel, right? Like mm-hmm. you cannot turn this thing on a dime. So the mm-hmm. pigeon, or you might think of it as the dove, if that relates better to you, uh, they want to be your friend. And think of the pigeons in the park. They're mm-hmm. always going to be in a flock. They're not going to be sitting somewhere by themselves. Uh, they're a very flighty animal. You can drop a stick a uh, hundred feet away from them and the bird's going to take off in a panic, right? This is also the type of person that where, if you take them to the cheesecake factory, they're never going to choose a meal because there's 500 items on that menu. They're okay. looking at the menu. They're looking at what everyone else is ordering. Mm. They're looking at the food that's walking by. And oh, that's nice. Oh, we had that last night, right? And the mm. thing is, is this person hates t- taking risk and just wants to be your friend. Mm-hmm. So do you know any pigeons? I do. All right. So I'm going to ask you one question at the end. I want to know which bird frustrates you. Right. That's okay. going to be quite interesting. All right. So you're going to have to be thinking about that. And you might be like, yep, the pigeon pisses me off. Like that person <laughs> completely indecisive. They won't send me anything. Yeah. Like whatever it is, it's fine. There's always personalities that frustrate us all. Um, so the next one is the eagle. And the eagle is just like you'd imagine is that eagle is from a mile away. They'll see their target. They're locked in on it. They just want achievement. They want ROI. They want to be the boss. They're fast moving. They're task orientated, not people orientated. They don't care if they piss you off to get the job done. I'm sure we've all dealt with that type of person before, right? This person hates losing. Uh, And what's interesting is you can tell them, hey, we've got a five-step system we're going to do. Great. They've gone and done step one, three, and seven, right? And you're like, it's a five-step system, yet they've gone and gone and made their own process. Do you know a few eagles? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Some people might think they're the bulldozer in, in, in communication and it's just who they are. They're direct. They're, they're no crap. They're no fluff. Like they're not interested in wasting time. And then the last one is what we call, I call um, the thinker, which is the L. And this L is this person would rather be right than rich. Uh, they also hate change. Like for them to change uh, is extremely frustrating. They, uh, they hate uncertainty. They hate salespeople and being sold to. Um, and they're the know-it-all. They'll have 15 different degrees and certifications after their name. They want to know the system. But you know what's fascinating about this person? If you tell them it's a five-step process, they want to know the five steps. They want to know how it is. They want to see that the steps through to completion. So they are completers, which is what's really important. But most people don't know how to effectively change to suit with that person. Like if you go to a high level presentation with that person, they're already going to have 50 questions because they've asked their friends, they've gone online, they've read stuff, they've read the, they've read the manual on whatever <laughs> you're talking about. And they've got, hey, I read this research study or this person online says this on this Facebook group. And you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Right? Mm-hmm. They want to know. So do you know any else? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. All right. So here's the million dollar question. What are the four birds? You've got the peacock, the eagle, the pigeon, and the owl. Well done. See, you, not just a pretty <laughs> face. You, you, you got it. Now you've mastered personality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and instantly when you go through your day through the rest of the day, you're going to be able to just start to become aware of people. And the more you can just become aware, the more you can start to master things. You'll be like, all right, great. How do I have to alter to talk to that peacock? Do I have to be a little bit more social? And do I have to give them more airtime? Because you know what? That's what they, they want, that spotlight. Where the owl is a hell of a lot of difference. They want thinking time. They want processing time. So when you talk to them, you've got to, you've got to shut up. You've got to have three, seven seconds of silence. Because you know what? They're processing. They're mm-hmm. thinking. 
That's important. Yeah. It's good to think through that. And again, I guess as you're talking with people, hopefully you'll be able to figure out what those are, but when you haven't even really had interaction and you're, you know, maybe emailing or something like that too, because someone sends in a request, you know, then that's the hard part. But I think having the opportunity to build that rapport and that relationship, I think is really important to this whole, the whole success of all of this. So it could take time. It may not be the first conversation you have, right. That you're going to be able to get them to understand that they need your product or service. Oh, hundred percent. And one of the things is, is you need to be aware that the context of the personality could be different. Mm -hmm. Like if you're talking to somebody at home and the kids are around, that's right. one personality style. If their boss is around, it could be different. If mm -hmm. their friends are around or families around, or if it's that, uh, husband wife that partner deal where you're sitting right. with both well you might be talking finances so in finances this person's in control but in uh with the investments for the business or the infrastructure or merchandise they're buying whatever it is somebody else is making that is in right. control of that and you want to be aware of those dynamics and most people I find that most people like uh, salespeople specifically are lost to that art of understanding those dynamics. Right. Right. So if someone is trying to build this rapport with someone and they're trying to identify, of course, what type of personality they are and what is important to them, right. What are, whether it's the pain that is important to them or, you know, the goal that they're going to get, whatever that is like, what would you say is the most effective way for them to actually do that? So the most effective way to do that is obviously using some of the behavioral insights that you, we can mm -hmm. leverage for people, obviously. But then it's really about uh, ditching your pitch because mm -hmm. you shouldn't pitch your product. And one of the things that we're seeing from the data science right now is if you pitch, your pitch in your sales presentation should be less than 10%. Mm -hmm. And most people are actually following uh, old sales uh, school uh, models. Some of the models they follow, like the ADA model, is actually from the 1846, I think it is, AIDA, oh, right? Wow. Attention, interest, desire. Now, that model, if you're following that, like that's like, do you still believe that people buy the same way they did in the early 1800s, right? Oh. The consumer has changed. There was no internet, mm -hmm. there was no research. And if, and most salespeople are still trying to sell and communicate that way. So the thing is, is, they, they're not using the art of persuasion. Then they're trying to persuade them with their features and benefits where the person doesn't care about. So if you don't right. know or have the right way to ask questions in your sales scripting, that's a huge problem. Um, right. For example, uh, we can actually provide people with the insights on predicting churn. We can actually mm -hmm. predict based on the language that you're going to lose customers or these customers here are starting to get uh, disappointed with you. They're starting to lose interest in your product. So therefore you're going to have a, a likely cancellation or you could lose an employee. Um, mm -hmm. One of the other variables we can actually tell from linguistics is do you even have influence over the person mm. you're talking to? And that's quite fascinating because how many times have you ever got off a sales call and you're like, that went fantastic. That was awesome. Or you have you ask the salesperson, how was that call? Oh, it was fantastic. They're going to get back to me next week. And when we analyze the text or the recording of the call, we're like, well, like, man, you had no influence over that person. So literally you got flobbed off. You got, they just kind of, they said, I'll get back to you next week. And you took that as a commitment when it was actually none. It's actually not a sign of commitment. Um, and uh, so therefore, when you went through the close, like they were never going to close. Because you, you lost rapport, you lost authenticity. 
which is a huge variable for these conversations. And it's without conversation metrics or this feedback loop, we're finding a lot of salespeople are just trusting an old model that worked at the time, but no longer works now because our communication has changed. Like people don't use words as much as they do. They use emojis, smiley face <laughs> gifts, right? So the thing is, is if, if that's our communication style, how are you going to sell them? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And you were just talking, you know, you said the communication analytics or feedback loop, you know, for someone who's listening and is like, okay, I just heard that, but I don't know what you mean. Can you explain those terms? Yeah, hundred percent. So one of the things we do is we provide uh, sales reps or companies with literally a feedback loop on all of the conversations. So for example, we can, our software connects into their Slack or their Teams or their email system. And literally every email you send back and forth, it gets analyzed by our system uh, and you upload your call recordings or it listens to your uh, Zoom recordings, for example. So within 15 minutes of you finishing Zoom, you literally have this data. So you have the data of, did you have influence? What's the personality? What's your personality style and their personality style? What's their needs analysis? Were you in sync with them. So were you able to adapt your communication style enough to be in sync? And if you were, great. If you weren't, uh, we analyzed for 17 odd different emotions because one of the things we found from data is the emotion of disgust is quite interesting. And most people don't even mm -hmm. think about it because what's fascinating about it is if you're talking to someone and you've said something which has caused them to experience the emotion of disgust, it's actually a negative emotion that causes them to take action in the opposite direction. So you've literally pissed them off and they are now going to leave. Right. Right. So if that has happened because of a sales rep made a joke that didn't connect, there's a myriad of ways that people, unfortunately, now can experience this emotion. Uh, right. Another one we call is the happiness sandwich. And the thing is, um, people remember. So the data tells us people only remember the start and finish of something. So how you start the call and how you end the call. If you end the call on a negative emotion, uh, which most people miss because their emotion is up, they're excited. We've actually seen from the data that if you're excited, it doesn't actually transfer because at some point in time, some sales trainer somewhere said, you've got to be excited. You've got to like get their energy up. That actually doesn't cause persuasion. It doesn't cause more sales. But like there's this belief because it's got been said so many times that it does. So we've actually seen a negative transference of that your energy is too high. You've actually got to be more neutral um, and at times skeptical. You've got to be asking them like, why would this make sense? Why would this product possibly save the pain, solve the pain you spoke about, if that makes sense? So you have to actually ask the questions in a way where the person you're talking to is convincing themselves, not you convincing them, uh, which is the latest science in data persuasion. So one of the things, the, so that feedback loop is what we're talking about is like, hey, taking your data and giving you those insights in being able to say, hey, here's exactly what happened on that call. Here's the emotion. Like, did that call finish happy? Did it finish negative? Did it finish frustrated? Because if it mm -hmm. did, that's that last emotion you now have to deal with. And right. if you don't deal with that, what happens with a negative emotion? It festers. So before right. you know, that person's gone and told three other people at the company that blah, 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 blah. 
and like they're raging and you think it went well. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can find that out and then you can work out, hold on. I need, there's something I need to fix that I missed. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's giving you that opportunity to be more transparent with your communication. Um, Like there's fascinating metrics we have um, that most people aren't aware of. Like, for example, here's a, here's one that I think is interesting. A lot of people will go very detailed, very analytical, right? And they go, they, they like fire hose people with data, probably similar to what I'm doing now. Right. So which is probably a bad thing, right? But for those people who are hanging in with us, if you speak too many facts, too many stats, too many things like that, it causes me to think more. And by thinking more, I actually slow down my decision-making. So if you've just, and an indicator that is a given typically is that's interesting. If it's got to that's interesting, you've overloaded them. And when you go for the close, it ain't going to happen. And then you're going to force them into that close. You're going to use more aggressive, like repulsion to get them into and uncomfortable, which usually means like they're going to think about it. And there's this, you you have to resell them 50 times because you've got a higher churn percentage. So it's those type of things where you can look at your communication and go, hold on, is what I did best? Because as we see with most communication, people don't optimize their tools. They're not optimizing their communication. You learned something 10 years ago. And you're still doing it. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Well, I think too, it's hard because like you said, a lot of people aren't even taught any of this information. And even if they are, you know, things can change, you know, or how communication happens, right? Like you said, we're using social media now and people are just LOL or, you know, smiley face or whatever, and not actually writing out things as much. And so just knowing what to do and how to do it and, adjusting as things change, I think is important. Oh, hundred percent because, and that's what, and how else would you get it? Because we're, we have analytics for people who view our web pages. We have that type of stuff, but we don't have analytics most of the time on how our conversations are going. Um, And you can even use this stuff for uh, communication with family members. Like you can use the personality stuff just with communication with family members. One of the fascinating things we saw the other day was we're working with a company and the personality type of their, um, the person who was writing their presentations, their marketing content was one style, right? And then they were attracting the personality of that style, but the salesperson was a different style. And then what's frustrated with the people that were attracting because they, the leads suck. No, oh, it's right. just you don't know how right. to have a conversation with that type of person. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has been good. Well, I know we're getting close to the end of the time that we have together today. So I did want to ask if you have an offer that you would like to share with our listeners. Yeah. So if anyone wants to check out behaviorsales.com, and if you reach out to the support team, which is at help at behaviorsales.com, I'll give you a the digital copy of the People Ignorant book. So that's the latest mm. book we just published. That saves you 25 bucks on Amazon. Um, and uh, if that's of interest, just reach out to the help team and just uh, mention the 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 podcast here and our team will get you uh, access to that and the the resources that go with it. Um, And you'll be able to master communication uh, and and identifying personality styles. So if they want access to the people ignorant book, just go to behaviorsales.com and reach out to our support team. Perfect. And then if anyone wants to connect with you any other way, you know, do you want to share any, you know, social media or phone number or any of that? 
the easiest method that uh, doesn't matter what country people are in is always going to be help at behaviorsales.com. And then if you just uh, hit that up, you can get phone numbers, you can get emails, you'll get every social media platform we are on, you will get access to because that stuff is kind of dynamic. So uh, yeah, I, I recommend that is the best way. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you, Ben, for being a guest on my show and sharing your expertise on this topic. It's been very interesting. Hey, my pleasure. <laughs> and I do want to thank the listeners for tuning in as well. I hope you found this topic interesting and it answered some of your questions about how you're sabotaging your sales pitch unconsciously. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Ben at the links that he shared or send us a message at media at abnp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I really appreciate your support. I hope you can join us for next week's topic, networking and playing the long game. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abnp.com. Remember, you can also find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.